Blog Talk Radio. Everybody here, everybody here, let's get into it, yeah. get stupid, get started, come on. get started. Big Brother fans, this is your Rad Reality Show Network. We connect you to the reality stars you love. I'm Cherry Garcia, and I'm so glad you can be here tonight with us for Manic Mondays with our beautiful host, Michelle Costa, from Big Brother Season 10, also known as the Portuguese Princess from Providence. have questions or comments, call in at one three four seven two three seven five five zero six. And once you're on our switchboard, please do remember to listen to the prompts and press the number one key on your phone. That lets us know that you want to join us on air and you're not just listening to the show from our switchboard. Now let's get this show started with a little intro for our host. Here we go.
everyone. Welcome, Big Brother fans. This is the Rad Reality Show Network. I'm Cherry Garcia. I'll be your co-host tonight. It's November 6, 2017, and it's time for the Manic Monday Show with our host, Michelle Costa from Big Brother Season 10. She's got an amazing special guest on tonight's show. He was the winner of Big Brother Season 9, and now he's an author and public speaker as well. Adam Jasinski will be here with us, and I'm looking forward to hearing about how he's found his way back from the dark side of addiction and all about how his book, which is titled um, My Kids on Drugs, Now What? The Only Complete Resource for Dealing with the Devastation, Devastating Disease of Addiction, um, how he wrote it and um, just all about being an author and and all of that kind of good information that he's going to share with us. So if you have questions or comments you'd like to share with Adam or Michelle, call in at 1-347-237-5506. And once you're on our switchboard, please press the number one key on your phone. That lets us know that you're ready to join us on air. And if you don't press the number one key, your call may not get picked up. So don't forget to press the number one. Now that we've got all that out of the way, I'm going to bring up our host, and let's get it started in here. Hi, Michelle. How are you? Hey, Cherry Pie. Hello, everybody out there in a manic Monday land, my maniacs. Um, We're back. Um, You know, Cherry, I'd like to say that I'm doing good, Um, but I know one thing for sure is tonight's show is going to be very positive, knowledgeable, and to give you faith and believing that, you know, you can go and do a full circle in your life and, and go from good to bad to ugly to good. Um, because what we've seen in this world right now is, is sad. It's scary. Um, it just seems to now it never end. Um, all our prayers are being sent over to Texas and everybody everybody listening because at this point right now I think we all need um some prayers and, and just love right Cherry we're going to send some love out there to everybody because this is a yeah, scary world that we it. live in absolutely yeah. um a couple things you guys um I know there's a lot of you guys right now in the chat room um if you guys want to pop up your questions we will um try to get to everything Within the hour, um, we're going to be closing shop at 8 o'clock, so try to get your questions in. Um, You know, we've been around as somebody who's had addiction problems or maybe we've dealt with people that um, are close to us that we don't know what to say or what to do um, to get them help. And maybe today um, you'll get some answers to that, some guidance which would be absolutely amazing because um, we all know, um, you know, addiction is from alcohol to drugs um, to a lot of other things um, that people have addictions to um, sex. Uh, we've seen that lately within um, the past few weeks, uh, people saying they have, you know, sex addictions and getting help for that. There's all different types of uh, um, addictions. It's trying to figure out, I guess, the best way to uh, approach it or to deal with it. So um, the, Adam's going to be probably filling us in on a lot of that stuff, um, whatever he is knowledgeable about. I'm sure there's different um, groups that he's better at 
speaking about, but I think overall it's the same idea. So make sure you guys get your questions in. Um, the phone line number is 347-237-5506. If you do want to ask a question, press 1 because you'll make Cherry Pie's life easier. If you're not pressing 1, that means you guys are probably at the gym, you're in the car, you're listening, because um, that's the only means of the way that you can hear our show. So um, the heads up on that. So make sure you press 1 if you want to ask a question or speak to Adam. Um, so um, I do have an announcement that I want to make to you guys. Um, uh, I don't have all the details, details, but I will tell you this. So Kevin, Big Brother 19 Kevin, um, wanted me to let you guys know tomorrow he's going to come out with the full-blown details. But as um, he said on our show and also in the Big Brother house, he talked about Thanksgiving dinner. Well, guess what? Thanksgiving dinner will be happening November 19th. It's going to be happening. He's getting a haul. He's renting caters. He's doing all that. And the special guests that will be there, along with Kevin, it's going to be myself. I will be there. Uh, will be uh, Jason Dent from Big Brother 19, Ramsey's from Big Brother 19, Josh from Big Brother 19, and Paul from Big Brother 19. So guess what? You got the five guys and you got me. We're going to all be hanging out for Thanksgiving dinner. So there's ways for you to be able to buy tickets. There's VIP tickets. So all that good stuff. Tomorrow will be the announcement of the details. So if you want to come and have di- Thanksgiving dinner with us, make sure you listen up tomorrow or stay tuned for your social media, okay? That was a little bit of breaking news, huh, Cherry? That was that was a little bit of happiness right there. Absolutely. In the and they want to let you know that your guest is on the switchboard. Oh, I'm excited. I'm so excited. To, I mean, I haven't even talked to him in such a long time, so um, to have him back on, talk to him, and see what's been going on with him and how much informative information we are going to get. So you guys in the chat room, get ready. Everybody out there listening, get ready. Um, we are going to bring our guest up. So let's do this. Without further ado, Cherry Pie. Um, he is the winner of Big Brother Season 9 and now an author as well. We have Adam Jasinski with us live. Hi, Adam. How are you? What's going on, ladies? Can you hear me okay? We can hear you great, Adam. What's going on? Nothing much. Working my ass off over here getting things done. Manic Monday. You called it, man. Every every Monday is absolute insanity anymore for me. It is, I'm sure it is. It's the beginning of the work week, and that's when everybody starts to go back to their daily routine, right? Yeah, so it's the start of the fun. week. Yeah, I'm so glad and proud of you girls, what you guys do. Your show's awesome. The radio program's great. You put so much work into it. I just know, I know it's involved on my end, so I just give you guys credit. For all the listeners out there, you know, stay tuned for them every week because they really put the work in to make it come to you guys like this. Thank you so much, Adam. That was really nice. See, the, see how I told you guys this is going to be positive? I mean, he's on the phone for literally two seconds, and we got positivity being thrown everywhere. That's awesome. Positivity I love right. it. Well, you know, Adam, I was saying, um, I don't know if you heard, but I was just saying I'm excited to have you on today because 
we need some positivity. We need knowledge in, in this world that we live in. I mean, we turn the TV on. We got shootings. We got people getting run over. We got bombings. We got all this crazy stuff, you know, and we just got to all be together, be with ourselves, you know, love everybody and, and conquer this craziness that's going on out here in this world. Yeah. You know what craziness is right. And for me, it started a long time ago, and I see it going on now, and I'm helping people every day get through their craziness. And their craziness could be, you know, depression. It could be anxiety. It could be addiction. It could be, you know, family and relationship-wise. Everyone has their craziness, and it's about identifying it and accepting it and then working on it so you can get past it. And then I, I figured it out myself. It took me a hell of a long time. I put last eight years I spent getting my life where it's supposed to be. I had everything and fucked it all up, for lack of a better term. And now it took me eight years of my life, and I'm still working on it today, to get to where I am to be able to give back. And it's so rewarding. You girls have no idea. Well, I can imagine, and I'm sure every day, you know, it's, you know, uh, little baby steps, you know, you never 100%, you always got to keep um, one foot in front of the other, right? Yeah, move the needle forward is the, is the thing. You got to keep moving the needle in the positive direction. It's just the fact that, you know, it's kind of a bad term to say when people use drugs and shoot the needle, but you got to move the gauge in the right direction. It's something that my life is constantly looking forward to the next thing. I myself am Super mental health, super manic, super. It's a fit for your show because I'm a diagnosed maniac. I'm a complete bipolar mania. <laughs> I'm, I'm off the hook 24 hours a day. If I'm not acting crazy, something's the matter. And it's identifying your pattern, seeing what you are. Once for me, once I got locked up and, the, and then I went to like the judge sent me to rehab and the drugs went away, then I was left with who I really am. And that's when the real work started for me. And now I'm able to just address every day, one foot in front of the other, like you said, what needs to be done to me to live a better life. And it's so amazing, girls. You have no idea. I touch more moms. I help more dads. I help more kids than I can even even, even expect it to at this point. You know, it's a big hurdle to come back from. You know, I got in a lot of trouble, and I've let down a lot of people. So it takes time. you got to put time in to get, your, to get it back, you know. Yeah, it is all about time. Well, for I mean, we have probably ninety nine percent of the listeners that know who you are, but the one percent that that might not be familiar. Let's just go back a little bit now. So, Adam, you were on Big Brother Nine, and not only were you a contestant on Big Brother Nine, but you were also the winner. So, um, talk a little bit about that. You know, kind of. I mean, you were, what, 30 at that time. So you were still kind of young and having fun, and now you just won Big Brother, and you won a big check along with it. Talk a little bit about that. All all my – Michelle, though, at the rap party they have, it's like a band stages up and all this crazy stuff on the stage, and they gave me my check for half a million on my 30th birthday. Wow. That was your 30th birthday? My thir- oh, my 30th birthday. Welcome to your 30 to the half million bucks. Go get nuts is pretty much how yeah. it ended up. And I give us I, I fall wow. into luck like you girls. Listen, I fall. I step in the shit all the time. You girls have no idea how lucky I am. Like, I get the half a million, and the economy tanks. It's like I have money, and the economy plummeted. So I bought a bunch of real estate with my mom. And that was what my mom's doing. She's in the real estate big time, and she's like, you got to spend your money in real estate. I'm making you buy properties. You're going to buy as many as you can with the money you have. 
and I don't care what you do with the rest of it. And that's what I did. I bought a bunch of real estate, and I partied the shit out of the rest of that month. Well, you partied it up, I guess, now. See see how hard I partied right? Yeah, that party, you know, how did that go? Well, so so you got the money you invested, which was good, because some people don't do that. And then, you know, you probably kind of got involved in, you know, like you said, the partying life. So, I mean, I read a little bit of, of something that you had on one of your websites, and you said that, you know, next thing you know, you're partying in a different city every night and, you know, going around the world, you know, and just kind of living it, living it up because at that point, I mean, you had money, you had a nest because you got real estate, you know, so at that time you kind of were just touring the world, right? Yeah, and, like, you know, after you went Big Brother, people were giving you free stuff. I was good at leveraging you know, the opportunities and getting to go to nightclubs for free and getting free champagne. And what comes with that, you know? I was sober for three months in the Big Brother house, so whatever, you know, drugs I was doing prior, whatever, like, partying I was doing after. Like, you learn that what happens to people who use drugs, it doesn't, like, simmer down, and then it, it, it leaves off where you left it off before, so... After those three months, I was like, I'm going to do good. I'm not going to do no drugs when I get out of here. I'm gonna, I knew I was going to win the money. Fuck, four weeks, five weeks before the evening show was over, I knew I had the money. I knew I had it in the bag. So I was just on, like, easy mode in the house, just chilling. And then I was telling myself, like, I'm not going to get high. I'm not going to do no drugs. I'm going to do right. Literally within 48 hours, I was doing cocaine, smoking weed, and taking Percocet in L.A. That's how fast it happened. Yeah. You know, I mean, because that's the life that you—that's the life that's introduced you when you're there. That you said it, you get invited into clubs. You know, everybody wants to be your best friend, right? Everybody wants to be your best friend. So, it's crazy. It's crazy. So you're left all alone, you know, and I'm a little manic, and you know, my party's still going, and then it compounds and compounds and compounds, and. You know, and you get to a place you don't want to be. Like, people think it's all fun and games, you know, but people don't understand it. Like, you don't know who's fake or who's real. You don't know who really wants to hang out with you, who wants to just get a free ride. All these weirdos come out of the woodwork. Like, some dude called me. That I, I owed him, like, 80 bucks or something like that. He was, like, nonstop calling me for, like, $80. It's just like, I haven't talked to you in 10 years, dude, and I want 80 bucks. It's insane. Well, he maybe he really needs 80 bucks. I don't know. It's a little, bet, you know, it's kind of one of those things, you know, you just got to let it go. Yeah, it's crazy, and it's, it's just like, and it's like they don't prepare you for it. Like, listen, CBS is awesome. I love everybody there. I love every my big brother, you know. But they knew, they know I'm, they knew I was manic. So they cast me. They cast me because I'm half insane. And like, there was, they don't prepare you. I think they could have gave me a little bit more preparation, you know, on how to do things right and what's going on, like psychologically. Like, I never talked to a therapist in my life. They should probably, you know, have every winter talk to a therapist for an hour before they go out into the world. But, you know. Without what happened to me, without my downfall, I wouldn't have the life I have today. I'm making money. I'm having fun. I'm doing great. I'm enjoying things like I never did before. It's like night and day. So like for 30 years of my life, I was partying my ass off, 32 until I got arrested. And then after that, that was it. So I'm going on. I'm going to cigarettes anymore. So, so for two years after you got off the show, you, you were just kind of partying 
and then all of a sudden, two years later, and then you end up in jail. Talk a little bit about jail because there's people out there, you know, they act like, you know, oh, you know, jail's no, no biggie, you know, or I'm never going to get caught. I'm, they're never going to catch me. I'm never going to, you know, it's not me. It's everybody else. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because people always think it's never going to be them, and it is. I make more money now working honestly and hard than I did when I was selling drugs at all. Total. Like, my whole life I was in, in some kind of shady deals, I guess. And, this, you know, was that kind of guy for so long. I didn't know no better. But as you grow up, you realize, you know, the hard work you put in, it, it pays off. There's a reward. I don't – like, it's always talk, like, like going to rehab for quitters or I'm never going to go to jail. Like, bullshit, it's going to catch up to you at some point in time. It's the inevitable. And jail sucks. It's horrible. It's horrible horrible. It's the worst feeling ever. It sucks. It's not fun. I mean, you get accustomed to living in there because you have no choice. It's so weird how your mind can just adjust to certain things, but it's so depressing. It's such a life-changing experience that for me, I needed it. You know, I wouldn't stop. I was on a roll, man. I I needed something drastic like that to really slap me in the face and wake me up and say, grow up, kid. Your party's over. And I stuck to it, and I really dug in and started learning about bipolar and learning about addiction and learning about everything that got me where I got because really at the core of it is my parents. I feel so bad for my mom. You know, I was like her pride and joy, and I really broke her heart for years, and I didn't realize I was doing it until you clean up and start thinking straight. So I don't want any moms anymore to go through what my mom did. So that's why I kind of like do what I do. Well, I mean, it's it's – one of those things, it's like if you didn't go through the dark side, if you didn't go through the stormy weather, you wouldn't be where you are right now. I mean, was there a point when you were sitting in the jail and you said, you know what, like I need to figure out what the hell I'm doing? Like did they, did you do education in there? What was it that just snapped uh, in your head and said, i got to make a change? I, you know what, it was, it was, you know what I, it really was? When I was, after I got locked up, I was in Massachusetts and laying on the bench in jail, and I was just – I wasn't sad I got locked up. I wasn't feeling bad for my mom or anybody else. I was just pissed that I knew I couldn't do cocaine no more. Like, how crazy is that? Like, that was, for about, a, like, five days, I was, like, depressed because I knew I couldn't do drugs anymore. And then the judge let me out and let me go to a rehab. And that was my first time being exposed to anything involved with not doing drugs. Not to say, like, went to rehab. I went to it like I was going to school. I looked at it like I was going to take a class at the county college. I didn't look like I was sitting in a rehab facility. I thought of it like, I'm going to learn what's going on, what's addiction, what is it, what's about, how do you get right. So I went and approached the whole process as a student, um, and I just sponged everything up and asked a ton of questions and raised my hand and got to the bottom of what was the matter with me. And then after the rehab, I got out and was on bail, and I was still acting crazy. I wanted to go to the, you know, I wanted to go to the casino. I wanted to do other things to try and supplement, and I was like, I'm not right. So my lawyer was like, I think you're mentally ill. She's like, talk to somebody. So I went online and like a drug addict, I tried to find like a paid study for like mental illness. So I went to University of Pennsylvania, one of the best schools, the best universities, um, medical schools in the world for bipolar. And I went to the first like qualifying interview for the class. And the guy was like, whoa, you, you're, you cycle, your mania is too bad for what we're looking for. But he said exact words, you've been suffering for way too long, and I'm going to make you better. And damn well, that didn't make me better. I followed everything that guy said. So I ran two congruent programs, one for my addiction and one for my mental illness, and I stuck to them things for years. Like, didn't falter. Like, every day in jail, wow. I had, like, 
a mental health book in my desk. I had a, a fiction book. I had the Bible. Still read the Bible, you know, and then all that stuff. And, like, and listen, believe it or not, all the Bible reading from Big Brother, like, really paid a role when I needed it. Well, like, I drew on that stuff when I was at my darkest. And, like, you don't think about it. Like, I conditioned myself. I read the Bible five times in Big Brother front to back. So it was like that stuff sticks to you, you know, and the more you get involved and the more yeah. you practice stuff, the more it sticks. And you pull a little bit out of it of each thing that you learned, and I put it all together. And then it took me about, say, five years to get myself together with medications and with therapists. And with everything I needed to do, it took me about five years from the day I got locked up. And October 10th was just my eight years. So it took me about five wow. to figure it out myself. And then when I got out, I started turning the corner and working in the business and working in the field. And I'm in South Florida, like the addiction mecca of the world. Like right outside my door the whole time was pill mill. It was the biggest pill mill epidemic in the country was where, when I came from Big Brother, not only was the economy bad, but South Florida was pumping out pills like on preposterous levels. Like they legit had an MRI machine would come to your house and MRI you and run you prescriptions at the front door. Like it was that easy to get these pills, these oxygen. That's crazy. Yep, and then I come out of jail, and what's here? It's the biggest rehab capital of the world. So, you know, I, back then when I first got from Big Brother, I could have went one of two ways, but I, was, I wanted to go the fun way, which was the drugs. And then I came back out, and then it was all the support I needed, all the – everywhere, everywhere. So I just dug in to working in the field, and I worked with some of the biggest rehabs in the world down here. And I've been doing it for a long, long time, and I became a professional at my industry. And that's why, you know, I didn't come out of jail, like, jumping down, like, hey, look, I'm sober. Look at me now, like. I'm doing this now. I wrote the book now because I'm professional. I know what I can do. I'm licensed intervention. I'm licensed to do this stuff to families. I'm licensed to help people get better. And it feels good, man. And it's not like I'm sitting here preaching stuff that's not – like my life's great right now. And there's so many people out there whose lives are like – it's that last 10%. Like 80% could be good, but that last 10% you're lacking is what can make it really good. And I try and get those people out there to make that last 10% really, really good in their life. And, it's, and it changes things. The grass turns green. And it's rewarding and it's helpful, and I think I do a good job. Well, Adam, that's pretty amazing, I have to say. Um, just powerful. I mean, to be able to do what you did and do it on your own. But you said something earlier that kind of um, uh, caught me. And, I, and you said, I finally had to find out who I was after the drugs and stuff were out of my system, I had to change myself. And that's what it is. It's really when it comes down to it, sometimes people are doing drugs and they get addicted because they're not happy with themselves um, or, you know, something that's going on in their lives and they're, they're hiding from it, right? Yeah, it, it, it's a fact. It, 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 there's always some core issue. There's always something inside for why you're doing what you're doing. And it's the fact of the matter that when you're able to say, hey, something's wrong, hey, I'm going to make it better, is when it can truly get better. Otherwise, you're masking shit. You're masking it. I was undiagnosed bipolar for so many years. I was left to figure it out by myself. Like a lot of these poor kids, I have the program now that I'm really changing the future of addiction for families. I got it figured out where I know how to stop the opioid epidemic. I'm telling you, I got some big stuff coming out. And it starts with, you know, when you're 14, 15 years old, when you're in middle school, the parents need to learn about addiction, A. And B, like I went to a doctor when I was 14 or 15 because they knew something was the matter mental health-wise. And the doctor was like, oh, he's ADD. Here's some Ritalin. And what I do with the Ritalin, I, had, I sold to my friends, and they all sniffed it. And then I was left on my own to figure out until I was 32 
what was going on with me. And no one was there to really guide me through the process. So I had this training I'm bringing to parents on really how to have that conversation with your kids and really get them to figure things out and be comfortable and confident talking about these things before they, you know, are 18 and leave the house to be up off of their own. It's really tough, but thank God I got this figured out. I really want to help everybody as best I can. But for me, it was the fact that I gave up. I was, didn't run my show no more. I was like, this is where I got me. Let's make it better. And that was, I committed to doing it. And that's the hardest part is the first initial commitment. And then, of course, sticking with it is always a challenge. But that, given with anything, sticking with doing drugs is hard. So you're going to have to stick with something anyway. So you might as well stick with doing the right thing. Make sense? Absolutely. I mean, um, you know, I've, I've been around people, you know, that have addictions. And um, it's, it's kind of one of those things, Adam, like how do you go about, okay, because I know there's a lot of people out there listening right now. And they're probably wondering, like, how would somebody approach somebody that has a problem without getting them angry? Because I know that, you know, people get angry. They refuse the fact that they have a problem. Can you give some people some pointers on how they should approach somebody that does have some sort of addiction and how they should kind of face that person to to tell them that they have a problem? Got the answer for you. It's about phrasing things to them, how you approach it, how you let them, okay, for instance, if I have a kid that wants to go to rehab, I give them, you know, you make it look like they're making that decision. You kind of present things to them in options. You want option A, you want option B. Or you phrase it with questions like, man, how are you going like this? Like, this is what you want to do forever? And get them thinking, and it's called a soft intervention. And you have to gradually drop hints on them. Like if, okay, if you go to like, your son's using it's mom, dad, and son in the family, and they sit the son down. They're like, you gotta go to rehab. The kid's gonna be like, go fuck yourself and go to his room. But like, if there's a third person in the situation, like me, so say it's mom, dad, son, and I'm there, the son's not gonna treat me or talk to me like they would talk to their parents. So, A, bring a third person in the conversation because it makes it a little more able for them to open up. If it's private, like if I get them phone to kids, they'll tell me what's going on. Well, they won't tell mom and dad. So it's kind of hard to discuss. And then you got to level with them like your friend. you got to, like, like, if they're smoking crack, you're like, listen, I know you're smoking crack. Dude. What's up? Let's talk about this, you know? You like it? It's fun. And kind of dig in that way where you can level with them on a one-on-one relationship because they feel like they need to hide it. You always feel like you need to hide your drugs. You need to minimize it and hide it. So if you know what they need to do, you can offset that. So – if you level with them, like, I know you're using crack, man. I know you're getting high all the time. Like, let's just talk about it. It's so good. It's okay to talk. And, like, level them that way. Or leave leading questions. Like, man, you don't think people know this? You know, how long are you going to go on like this? And then don't fight with them. You know, leave them with a prying question so you leave them to think internally about what's going on. You know, because if you yell at somebody or the conversation starts escalating, nothing's going to come out of it. And ultimately, yeah. do not work with drugs. Like, you cannot ever say, or else, because it's not going to work. Like, if someone's like, don't smoke weed or else, you're like, yeah, what else? Especially if they're younger. You know, it all depends on, it's so, what's so messed up with drug addiction is when you're young and using drugs, your mind's naturally wired to be risky. And then once you're older and, and have a developed addiction, what you've been using for years, it's so hard to break that cycle that's ingrained into you. So it's like a, it's like a quadruple-edged sword addiction where everything can go wrong goes wrong. Like, another instance, like, mom 
doesn't believe their kid's using. So the kid minimizes, like, oh, I'm just smoking weed, Mom. I'm okay. I'll, I'm all right. I'm going to stop. So she's like, okay, I'm going to believe my son. Meanwhile, the kid's shooting dope, you know, and the heroin addiction gets way worse. So that 30 days that mom thinks he's going to get better, he gets exponentially worse. So it's so much harder to treat. If their kid's shooting drugs, they're not going to stop on their own. Like, period, end of story. They need outside help. Yeah. Like, no one's going to say, I'm quitting heroin. Like, the, 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 only the strong few, you know? Like, only the strong few will stop on their own and say, this isn't for me. They'll, they'll test it, they'll try it, and they'll not like it and not do it again. If they're repeatedly shooting drugs, man, they're not going to stop on their own. So, there's, there's, like, that's what my book is written. There's so much to the dynamics of addiction that people think, like, once your kid's in rehab, they're okay. Like, no, that's just the beginning. And I define in my book every role that's necessary for a parent to see it through. So you can see from your what is addiction, 101, to identifying the drug testing, the finding in rehab, to paying for rehab, to what you do while they're in rehab, to what happens when they want to come home from rehab, to all the outside things that can cause them to relapse, like dating and jobs and stress. I cover all of it. I read every single book while I was in jail, while I was home, on Amazon about addiction, and I put in this the cherry on top. It got it covered from start to finish, man. And I believe education and knowing is the key. You need to know what goes on. It's not like, oh, my kid's away in rehab. He's going to be good now. Like, you need to do your part as a parent. So I hope it all makes sense. I know I talk fast, and I'm really passionate about it. But, um, you know, getting no, back I like on the topic. Passion. Huh? I know. I like the passion. I mean, you you lived it, and you're going through it, and you want to help people and change their lives. So, I wouldn't think anything less unless you were passionate. You know, I can feel I can yeah. feel it in your voice about how much you're Aww. you feel it. You know. Yeah, thanks, man. It really is. It's so it's, it's so it can be so easy, but it's so difficult. There's so many layers to it that you need to absorb all the information that's involved so you can make it better. And I and I, I conned my mom for years. Like legitimately, she was giving me twenty bucks a day in 1996 for a launch money. It was a lot of money. I was getting wasted by lunch every day, and then I would come home to a full refrigerator of food. Like, I'm not buying lunch. I'm eating when I come home. Like, why would I buy lunch and I'd have a full refrigerator in my mom's mouth? Like, parents don't get it. Like, they don't get, like, how far $20 can get you. Like, you can get crap for 20 bucks if you waste it every day. It doesn't, you know, and they don't realize it. They don't want to accept it, and there's different types of parents. There's absent parents. There's overbearing parents. There's lack of parents. There's all kinds of different dynamics you need to and, and, and the big thing out there is individualized treatment. Everybody's an individual. Everybody's a person. I don't care where you're from or what your, your lifestyle is. You need to assess everybody and approach everybody individually. Does it make sense to you guys? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It, it's kind of like you had to individualize each story. Not everybody, everybody has an addiction, but it's, it's different of how they got there, their surroundings. And like you said, the, the type of people parenting-wise – are there absentee parents or the parents that are, you know, too much in people's business? So it, everyone's matter is different, but it's really at the end of it the same seed, you know? Yep. Yep. So there's a lot of dynamics to it. We do have some callers, Michelle. Awesome. Okay, we're going to take some callers, Adam. Um, first, I just want to yeah. talk about my kids on drugs, now what? Um, talk uh, Before we take callers. I have all kinds of tutorials, web stuff, all kinds of cool stuff for you guys out there. MyKidsOnDrugs.com. Check it out. 
Now, how long did that take you to write? You said you were writing it when you were in jail? So I didn't write it in jail. I was studying in jail, studying everything about addiction while I was in jail. And I started writing it. It took me about a year and a half to write. On and off. I mean, writing's hard. Like, I, had, I, I, I was really, really good at English. You know, I was an English major. I killed it in college in English. So writing's easy for me. But getting to that final, you know, over that hump, like literally, like the editor who helped me edit it, she's the one I owe all the credit to, Hannah Silvendahl, for driving it home because I would just, like, get scared or freeze or think it wasn't good enough or think I was missing information and start overthinking. She's like, just shut up and do what I tell you to do. And that's what I need in my life. Like, I shut up <laughs> myself. I take, I take good direction, you know. When I'm left to my own vices, I'm horrible. So I, I need direction. And she directed me through every step of the process, and she took it home, man. That is awesome. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about the book. Um, we're just going to go take some callers first because we've had them waiting. Um, and Ms. Yes. Cherry Pie, can you please bring up some callers? Let's take our first call. Okay. Our first caller is Matthew from Tennessee. Hi, Matthew. Thank you so much for waiting for so long. How are you tonight? I'm doing great. How are you all doing? Hey, Matthew. Wonderful. How are you doing, love? Doing pretty good, doing pretty good. Um, um, I just wanted to say uh, to Adam that, like, I really applaud, like, all that he's done. As someone that's, like, currently still struggling with addiction, like, um, it really means a lot to hear what you've had to say and to hear it from a perspective of someone that's been through it because a lot of people really kind of just tell you, like, kind of get over it. Why don't don't you just get over your problems, things like that. and I got addicted to um, Klonopin when I was about like, like three or four years ago because I started having um, massive anxiety. Um, and I have PTSD I was diagnosed with. And this doctor just threw me on Klonopin, the highest doses. Yep. Um, I started See, having hard, seizures. Careful, careful stopping that, man. Like literally Xanax and Klonopin, they're really, they can kill you if you stop taking them right away. So be careful with that. And they're really – Dude, believe it or not, they're the hardest ones to kick. Harder than heroin, man. They can kill you when you we go through withdrawal for that stuff. So please be careful, man. Oh. But I definitely understand where you're coming from. Oh yeah, he um actually the whole situation that I went through with that, um, I I tried to come off of it on my own because um I was moving I was in the process of moving from um one area of Tennessee to the other area to finish school and I try to get my life together, get out of the city. And um, because I wasn't, like, even seeking it recreationally. Like, I've smoked pot throughout my life. um, I've smoked cigarettes and things like that. I guess I never really um, realized how my addictive personality would, like, hone in on, like, that comfortable feeling that you get from it. But it started making me feel really numb. So I tried to come off of it. And also, I didn't – I had such a bad experience with that doctor putting me on such a high medication so quickly. And just the result, it kind of made me feel like really strange. I was very act, I was acting very erratically, like comparatively to how I used to. And when I came, was trying to come off of it, I started having seizures and things like that. Oh my goodness! It, it yeah, was one of the most terrible experiences of my life. And that's why I was going to get to the sorry about the tangents, but I um, I wanted to get to the question with you. Just was like, do you think that it's like? I don't really feel like that the problem out here are people that are selling them on the streets. Like, do you feel like the problem may lie in the hands of the doctors that are writing the prescriptions? Um, because I know that in small towns or um, in places like where I live, they kind of, like you go in, your back hurts, they give you oxyco- oxycodone. They, you know, I'm having a panic attack, you know, just, you know, to like seeking other outlets, maybe therapy, other different healthier alternatives, they put you on Xanax or Klonopin. 
Um, yep. Do you feel, that's what I was going to back, ask you. Man, they keep you coming back. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, so chronic medication is you have to come to the office visit. That's how they maintain their book of business. And for me, I can relate more so with the mental health drugs I was prescribed. And I was super vocal. I was like, I'm eating too much or I'm too tired. I would call that dude three days later and tell him exactly how I felt. And that way I was able to hone in. Because, listen, not for nothing, stuff therapeutic. Medication works. It's about the right doses for the people. There's these new genetic tests out there now. I'm involved. That's what I do for a living. I'm in healthcare um, as well. Mm-hmm. I sell. Um, I'm a representative for you know, the latest in technology when it comes to like cancer screenings and medications. And there's a test, mm-hmm. a genetic test called PGX. And it's an oral swab that tells you what you're genetically predisposed to work best. It has every psych med, every heart medication, every pain medication in the world in the program. Wow. It tells you which one your body That's incredible. best. And it's about being super hyper vigilant about yourself. It's you. It's not the doctor. He works for you. You get it? You pay the doctor to work for you, not yeah. the other way around. And they just want to give you what they can, and they don't know if you don't say nothing. You, you, you want to blame them because they want you to come back, so they give you what they think you should take. But it's up to everybody out there who gets that and taking the medications themselves to be vocal with how it feels. If it's too much, you say it's too much because these things can be habit-forming and habit-forming fast. Like if you stop taking it, you're going to feel like shit. You're going to feel crappy. Your back's going to be a little bit off. You're going to get maybe the runs or whatever. For every medication, it's different, but you can feel you can feel the withdrawal when you stop taking it. Correct? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I had I had seizures because he um, whenever I tried to vocalize with him about um, what was going on and how I was starting my it was making my anxiety actually worse. Like I was having yep. attacks, like just anxiety uncontrolled medication. Yeah, I, I just I, I was just freaking out, and I went into I went into his office to talk to him about it, and he was very disgruntled because it wasn't like I guess a normal checkup visit. It was just like me telling him like I made an yeah. emergency appointment, and he was just very cold just and fire just, your doctor and get a new one. There's plenty out there. Oh, I, oh yeah, no, I definitely did, and I I I, I came through it for the most part. Like now I um, I'm actually prescribed a very low dosage of like a generic Xanax that I only take. Yep when I'm about to have a panic attack. But the reason why, like, addiction has, like, kind of fucked up my life so much, not fucked up my life, just in other aspects, like, not only, like, finishing school and putting, you know, my drive towards being successful, like, even going to audition for Big Brother, like, which I've, like, done for six years in a row, I would take a Xanax beforehand because, you know, I'd get nervous. I don't know if I can be myself. And then I'm going in and I'm, like, a completely void person of what, you know. So, I don't know. I've just been trying to... Over the past year, I felt like really tackle my addiction issues because I actually substituted it with pot a lot. Like I smoke a lot of weed, and like people make jokes about it and things like that, but I still feel like it can be very debilitating. Um, just yeah. on like my cognitive abilities, being able to like, because I'm a very quick-witted person, I can be very sassy, like just on my normal self. But whenever I smoke a lot, I just I kind of numb that, and I think that it's helping my anxiety, and that I need it to eat and. Just all that jazz, but that's what I've been really trying to focus on quitting this year. As you can see, it's almost December, and I still haven't quit, but, um, you know, I don't know. That's why I was really interested in tonight's show and talking to you and, like, maybe getting some advice. Yeah, and listen, man, I'm all the time you reach out whenever you want, but listen, it's about, you know, progress and and, and filling that gap. You know, you're going to have a gap. When you stop doing something, there's going to be a gap left over. And for me, I fill my gap with my day, with my work, with, you know, the relationship and plans. I'm a big planner now. Before, I had never planned anything, you know. I would just 
whatever comes mm-hmm. next. Now I plan vacations. I plan love. You know, I've got these 42 tips that I have on my online. You can find it's like my different plugins I do to fill that gap because once the drugs go away, there's going to be a lack somewhere where you mentally get off balance and you want to kind of, you know, have a smooth transition. And it's, it's trial and error, man. You can't, you know, don't beat yourself yeah. up, you know. It doesn't work, but, you know, don't take life-threatening amounts of your drugs. I mean, you prescribe from a doctor, so you want to, you know, stick to what they prescribe you. Like, don't take two pills because it seems like a good idea if you think you're going to be nervous. Like, just enough is enough to handle that nerves, you know. If it's, if it's prescribed for that, yeah. take what it's prescribed for. Don't overtake it. And then you, I'm sure you get all dannied up or whatever, start slurring words and saying stupid shit sometimes and mess things up. You know, that's what used to happen to me. Yeah, like I get, I get I dead stripper eyes. Yeah, and you know, it's... it's <laughs> what you say, dead stripper eyes? Oh, goodness. Yeah, I get dead stripper eyes, like that soulless woman at the, cl- at the at the strip club that's, like, just there to make money. That's what I look like after yep. I take more than and what see, I should, so... And now you know those things, and that, that's a big <laughs> thumbs up, because you need to recognize. Some people don't even recognize they get like that. You know, you're ahead of the game. So you're closer to the finish line than you might think. So, A, don't beat yourself up, and B... Be vigilant. you got to be aware of being aware. you got to be aware of how you feel, how it makes you act, what it makes you do, and what you want for your lifestyle. And then you gradually, you know, move the, move the story along and, and try it out. And then eventually you'll fill a gap. You'll feel, less, you'll feel less anxious. And test yourself, you know. Like, put yourself in situations where you feel anxious more often. I say anxiety is like, okay, I'm going to try myself. Test yourself. I test myself. All day long. I do things that I'm afraid to do. I do things that challenge me regularly. If you're, if you're not doing things that are frustrating to you, you're not doing it enough, in my opinion. I always tackle frustrating things so I make myself better, and it keeps me occupied and engaged. And my mind just goes a million miles a minute, so I need that engagement more than I'm off in yeah. Vegas for the weekend. That's how doing I am. Things I'm supposed to be doing. That's my advice now. I just share what I do for me to help work, and hopefully, you can pick up a little tidbit that helps your life get a little bit better, Matt. That's all. No, you've been you've been really helpful, honestly. Like truly, and I really appreciate all your advice and just taking the time to listen um, to me. Um, one last thing before I go, I was just I was just going to ask you, um, just as a person with anxiety, hearing you know from you being like um, also having similar issues with like mental health, like in the Big Brother house, how did that affect your affect you like being in the house like having like being undiagnosed at the time like how did that affect you like being in that certain situation did it amplify your anxiety did it amplify all that or was it like it you didn't, it didn't really, really it affect you until fine. afterwards i was a mental mess in that place man a mental mess you can see it all over my face they was bugging out in their heart but the bible is kind of the only thing that kind of like leveled me and grounded me because i can get away you know like you can get your mind yeah. out of there so I know it will put me to bed at night. I would read till I fell asleep. And to this day, I'm a huge reader. Like, reading at night before I go to bed is my sleeping pill. Like, I'll read a chapter and pass out. Like, if I show you a picture next to my bed right now, I have a stack of six books. I really read a ton of books because, for me, it puts me to bed. It helps me learn. It engages me and kind of, you know, gets my mind off the worry of this world, you know. Anxiety is worry, you know, at some time. You know, what's the bills? What's yeah. tomorrow? What am I going to do? I don't want to go to work. I don't want to go to sleep. I want to stay up. da 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 da, da. You know, and if you read, it's kind of getting you out of there without putting the TV on because the TV is like a passive engagement. You know, you're on your phone and watching TV. When you read, you have to focus on just that. So that focuses my mind, slows me down, and puts me to bed. So Big Brother House, Bible saves me. Thank you for allowing Bible and Big Brother House for Brother because it really made a huge difference. Yeah. That was awesome. Well, 
Thank you so much. Well, for, Matt, um, can I just say one thing, Matt? You know, it's, yeah. I think that the fact that you called in and you spoke about it, I think is definitely a step in the right direction for you, Matt. So um, thank you for calling in and um, speaking with Adam. That. All right. Thank you all very much. So I'll stay with thank you. Thank you. Take care. Anything you need, hit me up, man. Yeah, um, I okay. I talk with Matthew a lot on um, social media, so I'll pass along um, your um, yeah, the, your, your you DM. At, at, at the Adam Jasinski, T H E Adam Jasinski on any, any of the channels, you can get at me. Too. Yes. Yeah, he's a awesome. great guy. Yes, he is. And our next caller is Andrew from New Hampshire. Hi, Andrew. Hi. Hey, Andrew. How are you? Uh, I'm good. Um, hey, Adam, I think it's um, super cool how you're an author, especially uh, a public speaker, because public speakers, they motivate me to keep on like pursuing in school, looking for a career that I want to take, pretty much anything. So that's pretty cool. Thanks, man. Yeah. Thanks so much. And, and, yeah, and that's so, uh, too, like watching guys like Gary Vee and different guys on social media now who really – they get me pumped up, man. It gets me going. I'm coming for these guys. I really got something. I'm good at it. I don't get nervous in front of crowds. So I'm ready to go. Yeah, it's awesome, dude. Thanks. So, I got some good um, stuff coming I, this year, too, so stay tuned, man. Um, I have a question for you. It's about um, your game, I guess, in uh, Big Brother yep. 9. Um, yep. So, first of all, I just started watching Big Brother on, like, season 18, but I've been on YouTube looking at clips, so I know just a little bit about your season in uh, Big Brother 9, but uh, my question for you is um, on a scale from 1 to 10, how much did Sheila possibly, like, could have ruined your game, or on a scale of 1 to 10, how much did she tick you off? Oh, Sheila. Oh, man, she's insane. I love her. If it wasn't, listen, I love if it Sheila. Wasn't for, if it wasn't for that dude, Jacob, Week day one, I was going home. We were gone today, Sheila. Sheila would have fucked it all up. And people were going to go home. I didn't do not. I did not rock. I was the hottest guy in the house. She was upset. The bottom line, everyone thought it was real love. I knew it was bullshit. You know, everyone thought it was real love in the air. Like, come on. And she was like all whiny because I wasn't the cute guy. So whatever. I'm still the guy that won the money. I'm the smartest guy in the whole house. So end of the day, it comes down to um, her gameplay really made me. After that first week, after that first eviction, we got past there, her being mean to me saved my ass for three, four weeks. I was on easy street because of her. Everyone felt bad for me. You know, mm. so that really, you know, and then she became an ally, and I took her all the way to the end, and she can, like, take that money. We're in the final three, can take that money. So, I don't know. I love her. It's kind of payback, you know, for being mean to me. She got third place. That's awesome. karma, right? <laughs> yeah, what you get. I'm the great. I'm the nicest guy in the whole wide world. I want everything to me. I'm great. I'm awesome. Super nice. I care about everybody. I'm not mean at all. And she just was picking on me for no reason. Like I felt bad for myself. It was so bad. Oh my gosh! I need to go watch <laughs> that. Mean that was stuff, good man. Season. She was crazy. <laughs> but you know what? Her guys awesome. I love her. She's such a nice lady. Super cool. She's compassionate. She cares. And you know, I, I really, really glad I got to meet someone like her. Yeah, she has a big heart. She's a, a wonderful person. She's actually recovering from back surgery. So if you're listening, I know. Speedy recovery, girl. Speedy recovery. Well, thank you so much for calling in, Andrew. Yeah, no problem. Hope to see you. Thank you, Andrew. Dinner. Thanks for holding mm-hmm. on. Yes. 
Thank you, guys. All right. Bye. Thank you, babe. Bye. Our next um, caller. Awesome. Let's bring up our next caller. Is Kansas. Hi, Kansas. Oh, How are Kansas. you? Hi. Hi, guys. Hey, I'm excited because I definitely want to keep it up with the fun uh, BB9 talk. But first, I just wanted to give, you know, since we are the rad reality and we love our reality shows, just to let everybody know, if you didn't know, excitement tonight, the Long Island medium, Teresa's coming back on tonight, along with a really cool tearjerker show. If any of you guys are into Long Lost Family, it's fabulous. That's starting tonight again, too. And I then, love it. Thank you for the info. Uh, and then also Scream Queens is going to be Ooh. the third episode. But Drita DeVanzo makes it. Just the fact that she's on all of us mob wives lovers, you know, that loved her and miss her from not being able to see the show anymore. Being able to see Drita again is really cool, and she looks so beautiful. Yeah. So just I've been watching it, too. Yeah, isn't it cool? So just yeah, wanted to let you guys know that. But hi, Adam. Hi. <laughs> Sorry for all the talk. <laughs> I'll, I'll She's like our breaking I'll news. As you can tell, I'm a reality fan here, you know. Teresa's back. I didn't know. I got, I got someone in my house who absolutely loved her. They went and saw her live, so I got some news to spread after that announcement. Thank you. <laughs> I love it. But it's uh, I'm so excited to keep up with the BB9 talk because you What's know up? it's so yeah, I'm ready. it's Adam it's so funny because you know years ago people were saying oh BB9 was the worst season where I mean what the heck are they talking about? It's one about? of my favorites. It's one of the I best. Know. It was so much. First, it was on in the winter, which was so cool. But the cast yeah. was crazy terrific. It was absolute nuts. And I mean, mm-hmm. but it was fun. It's, you know, it's, I, I feel, you know, we've all talked about how it's gone downhill, but I loved your season, Adam, and just yes, sharing a memory. Every, every, time, every time they come out with the ranking the worst players, I'm always the worst player. No, you, you are? The I'll worst you won, for one thing, but it was so much fun, and you were very funny. That's what I wanted to, you know, bring up with you. I want to keep this all upbeat. But it was – I have a memory, and I love Sheila personally. I'm a big Sheila fan. <laughs> and this one night where I think it was Chelsea and Crazy James were just getting oh. on her big time and rode hard, they're calling her, and all this crap. And uh-huh. you pulled her, and a gang of you all went up to the HOH room. And it was – and you guys were laughing, and you were up there, rode hard. Do you remember this? Rode hard. And everybody was crying. I'm on the floor crying. I'm laughing so hard with you guys. That was one of the best ever. That's one of my favorite memories from BB9. I love it. that 10 years ago. Love it. Do you remember that? He was so funny. Rode hard. What a good time, man! I talked to I talked to James last week. Actually, he's a great guy, man. Is he doing good? Yeah, I talked to him the other day. He's all right. Who do you keep in yeah, touch with I from BB Nine? That's that's a good question. Just James. That's it. Just James. That's it. Yeah. Somebody I'm else glad he's doing Allison. good though. He was crazy. Yeah. I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh-huh. Listen, you know what's sad about my episode? I didn't. I'm one of the ones Robin Cass are like an outsider who never really watched the show. So what I did was I got I went on like TV one two three dot com and bought every series of Big Brother that I ever had on D V D. And then when you're in the hotel room in Sequester, 
I watched them all on like 1.5 fast forward. So it was like, but I watched how it was all played. So I like studied it before I got in the house. And cool. I didn't realize that like the diary room, you can talk to America. So I was like lying to them and telling them nothing, you know, because I, I want to win the money. I was there for the money. I wasn't there for nothing else. Give me my loot. And that's why I went in there. So I didn't trust nobody. So I would lie to the producers what I was going to do. I would really switch it up so that no one really was on to what I was going to do because I didn't trust anybody. Yeah. Well, you want to think. Yeah, I regret. I could have been more vocal to America. You know, they might have known me as a different person, but I didn't care. I was like, they were trying, you know, we should try and pry you a little bit and they were trying to get you a little bit of information out of there. And I was lying to them. Interesting. Adam, would you go back in the house? Oh, would you go back I, and I, do I, it I, again? I, 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 listen, I, win, my, I, win, I win so easy. I'm in such a shape right now. I have no idea. I would go in there and kick ass. I'm a, it's on. They want me. They got it. I'll go in there and destroy that place. I'm, I'm in a better position in my life now. I'm, I'm mentally strong. I'm physically strong. I'm, I'm, I'm on point right now. I'm ready. All right. If you're listening out there, Robin Cass, <laughs> yeah, she's my girl, too. We were texting the other day. I love her. Rob Cass is my girl. Yeah, she's awesome. Oh, That's awesome, great. Man, well, awesome. You text, she responds back to me in a couple of minutes. She's, I sent her a copy of my book. She's so cool. She believed in me for so long. You guys have no idea if you ever heard this story. I actually was they, – they, somehow I, they found me for – I used to have a clothing company called My Girl Kiss Girl, and they casted me for Tommy Hilfiger's show called The Cut, and Robin did the casting for that show. And I went to L.A., the same process as Big Brother, but they thought it was too crazy for the cast. So they were like, dude, they were afraid I'd scare the other contestants, so they passed on The day that show wrapped, Robin called me at the finale, and she was like, every day on set, your name came up. The show never went on anymore. It was a one and done. And she's like, I'm going to make you famous. And that's all she said. And I was like, oh, sure, nice puppy. Thanks for everything. Three years later, she called me. And it was an unknown number. She's like, you want to be a big brother? I said, sure. She's like, what, she's like, what show do you want? I said, whatever you got right now. I'm, I'm ready for anything. She said, she had, she had The Bachelor. She said, something else she got me on. I was like, whatever you got, bring it. And she's like, get to Tampa in two weeks. She said, no problem. And then that was it. I was on Big Brother. And I told them in the, the casting, I said to them, I said, this is what's going to happen. I said, I'm going to get in the house. It's going to be rough, you know, because they're going to misjudge me, not know who I am. Then I'm going to start opening up and start getting a little crazy. And then they're going to be a little bit scared, not know what to do. And then by that point in time, it's going to be too late. I'm just going to walk home with the money. That's exactly what happened. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You could be and a medium, it. too. Just throw that onto the, throw, throw that on onto the, the list. Teresa's on tonight. Here she is. Diane's here. She is medium. Teresa is on tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. The Kansas. Yeah, I know. Can this kids, do you have anything else to say? Any other shows that we need to know about? Just had to let you know about those because tonight's going to be a fun night for all of us reality fans. But thank you again. You know, thank you so much for all the fun times on uh, BB9 and especially making oh, me laugh. Sure. I love when people make me laugh on the shows, and you were very funny, I and was, I appreciate that. I thought it was a good show. Everyone hated it. I thought it was great. I oh, it was no. It was I, one of the best. Watch what's going on now with Big Brother. And, and you don't even call it Big Brother. You call it Big Bullshit now. It's not even Big Brother anymore. Adam, do you, do you watch Big Brother now? Like, have you caught, yeah, I, caught I, up with I, it? Or? I, I, I watched this season. I was off. I missed, like, one or two here and there. I was just busy working. I was like, I didn't want to catch up in the middle of it. But I watched this season, 
It was, I felt bad for Cody. He was all right, but he was he did, he's horrible. He's horrible game player. He's worse. Terrible. Awful. Terrible. Was not no, fun like, at all to watch. There's none of that fun stuff. Right. We it's missed. Like we want to see that. We want more of what you guys brought to us. Right. And they, we and want they, more casts like you guys. Yeah, they try and make it like, oh, big surprise, something crazy is going to happen. But you knew every <laughs> single week exactly what was going to happen. Exactly. It's okay. You know what I'm saying? But horrible. Like, I, yeah. nothing. I, would, I would wait. I would wait. Listen, I'm so crazy. I would wait until the live show. I wouldn't tell no one all week what I was doing or what I, who I was voting for. They're like, who are you voting for? Yeah, they, no one could count on my vote. So before the live show, like a minute before Julie came on, I would tell everybody what they had to do. And they'd all do it every week. I was like, Boo, you got to do this. You got to vote for that. You got to vote for that. Or we're all going to fuck home. And everyone will vote how I asked them to. I didn't tell no one to the live wow. shows. It was the best. Yeah. I, I, had such, I was so slick in that place. No idea. It was easy money for me. I'm not well, you're praying on the, I'm telling you guys. You're praying, praying on the panic HOA, mode. Listen to me. Every HOA, every single one, the second they win, you, everyone gives – I don't want to get my secret out, but everyone gives away nonverbal movements. You understand? So, like, for instance, one with a man in the boat. I looked at her. I, I put my – I, like, raised my shoulders a little bit and turned my hand, like, what's up? And she gives you just a little nod. You know, they give you that little indication that you're good because everyone knows who they want to go home the second they win HOA. So you look at them, boom, give them a little, like, ah, is it me? And they're like, no, or you know what I mean? Or they look away from you and hide. You know, if you're the target, they won't look at you. If you're cool, they'll be like, hey, you're good. You know, so you just got to be chill all week and you can make it through. Just be chill all week. That's all you got to do is just be chill. Well, you once, they, done, once, Adam. once they give you, once they give you like that verbal, you're okay. Yeah. That like that, that signal, that body movement that you're good. You know, you know, you don't really have to strategize that much. You just got to keep playing the field a little bit and be fun. You know, they want to keep you around. Another thing for me, you, whatever cigarettes you brought into the big brother house was all you can bring in. And like Ryan brought one carton, James bought one carton and like, how the fuck are you going to be there for three months and not smoke cigarettes with one car and a cigarette? I bought ten. And I was like, listen, if I'm going home, all the cigarettes are coming with me. So. <laughs> hey, that's what you got to do. Listen, you got to do what you got to no do. No doubt. <laughs> and like, well, no, Adam, no, Adam, so do you have any more questions? questions? Yeah, I just wanted to let you guys know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get off so you can get some more callers on. But just okay. just to tell you, you know, it's so commendable, Adam, that you're coming and talking to people and opening up about what's going on with you. And I, I wish you all the best. I, I think you're going to oh, help a so lot of people out there. And just keep on keeping on, dude. I think it's awesome. Oh, thanks so much, man. Thanks so, so much. I really appreciate it. Means Good a lot. talking to you. you. Many Kansas. blessings. Bye, guys. Love you, Kansas. Bye. Thank Love you, all Kansas. Of you. Bye-bye. Bye. Take care, hon. I want another update on shows next week. Our next caller <laughs> is somebody that Michelle knows. Um, yeah. This is Jay from New York. Hi, Jay. Hey, what's up, Michelle? How's everything? <laughs> hey, everything's good. How's it going? Good, good, good. Yo, Adam, Matt, congratulations on winning the whole thing. You know, um, I know a lot of people come down on your season, but season 12 was worse. Than that one. <laughs> oh, now we're putting down other seasons. Now we're putting down other seasons. <laughs> well, season, season, season 12 was bad. Come on. I mean, it was good for the parade, but, you know, 
But um, no, congrats, yo, Adam. You did a great job on that season. Um, you know, you were my favorite person from there and stuff. Uh, who do you who do you think is the best player to ever play the game? Or Ooh, has that question already been asked? No, it has. Been. I mean, I mean them old school dudes. You know, the ones that the Mike Bookie and the Will guys. Everyone loved them guys, man. For real, they loved them. And I guess I don't know who the, I'm, I'm the best ever, but I don't know who I. I never really watched every <laughs> single one to give you guys the best ever. But from what I did watch, like before my season, you know, Evil Dick was good. I liked him. He was all right. He was, you know, what I had to gauge my performance on because he was right before me. So I kind of like right, learned right. from him a little bit. And then uh, you know I like I like I like Doctor Will Mike Boogie man Mike Boogie's cool because I like what Mike Boogie did outside the house he got DUI you know he got on some light clubs he was doing fun shit so I kind of like him for that reason. And then I I think your season got in the middle of the brightest strike right? Yeah so, exactly. So you got you guys were in the middle of the brightest strike which is like an unplanned season because I think yeah. that was their first winter season ever. So yeah, did that did, did that catch you off like did you apply before and did it catch nope. you off guard? Okay. Nope. They called me. They called me on the phone. Like get to they had they had the city castings like all over the country. So they, I, I live in Palm Beach County and they're like, Can you get over to, to to Tampa? I said, No problem. I got a flight and flew over there for ninety bucks. You know, my buddy lived over there, stayed at his house, went out, had fun, and went to casting. And I knew all the people from when I cast them on the show before like three years later, it was all the same people. So it's like the comfort level was there. I didn't have to send no casting video in. You know, they already knew who I, I guess I was already in the Rolodex, so to say. Oh, so, the Rolodex. Who has the Rolodex? I love it. I want a Rolodex. Uh, I, I, so, I mean, you 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 kind of have to be thankful for the writer's strike, too, right? <laughs> yep, it, it made it happen. For me, I'm just thankful for everything. It happens so fast. It's it's crazy how fast it happens. It's just like boom, 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 and you're on the show, for me, at least. Who, Adam, are you who surprised was your that favorite they haven't person? had another winter season yet? Like, besides, you know, the, they had the, the last winter season online, and they're going to have the celebrity one, but are, are you surprised that they haven't had another one yet? I don't know. I guess mine was so bad. I ain't going to put nothing else on. I don't know. Guess it's work. <laughs> but to, you know, it might be too much Big Brother for these people. Hey, yo, I guess if so there's another writer's that. strike. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to be. Listen, I would so, love to go on All Stars and really just test my skills out. Seriously. Because they have all the winners go at it. Oh, it's over with. It's so so you've got to win. I, I actually enjoyed your season. I really did. <laughs> right. I think I I'm the only too. one, though. I guess. No, yeah, I, like, I love season nine. I, I thought I it was great. So much bad criticism, you know. And yeah, who was the dude? Who was the dude that came back in the house with the pink hair? James. Hey, James. James. Yeah. Yeah. I, are you still friends with him, or are you still yeah, friends that, with anybody listen, from that the house? That dude was a fierce. Listen, that dude was a fierce competitor, man. He would summon these crazy powers from like outer space. He was like, "Out of this room. And I'm like, "What the hell is this dude doing right now?" It was crazy. It was so hard to get him out of the house. He was good. I met him in Vegas, and oh my god, that guy is crazy. Yeah, he's so he calm. Is, uh, he's, of, so, he's in New York now. He live out of a car at one point. 
Oh, I'm sure. I think he was like like just going on a bike all around the like the United States, wasn't he? So he rode a kid's bike. When he graduated high school, he had a job. He was working at I think Saks Fifth Avenue dressing mannequins in Sarasota. And when he graduated <laughs> high school, he rode a girl's bike all the way to L.A. to work at the Saks in L.A. He rode a girl's puppy bicycle from Sarasota, Florida, to Los Angeles. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I heard that. I'm like, I know he rode a bike like around the United States, like literally, like just the drove road, like the bike. Like, <laughs> like a legit road bike, you know what I'm saying? Like he walked outside, grabbed his sister's bicycle, and started pedaling to California. It's <laughs> it was probably pink and had like pom poms on it with a bell. I mean, I'm sure it had all the all the the king. The pink bike. The pink banana seat. With sparkles. <laughs> uh, he was like, yeah, the awesome. chain broke in Arkansas. I was like, what do you mean? He was like, yeah, the chain broke in Arkansas. And he told me these crazy little these hillbillies that were taking him in. And like, I was like, dude, you're insane. That's wild. I would never, never get in my fucking head of L.A. <laughs> I don't think anybody would. That's the thing. Not just you, Adam. I'm in the same boat as you. I would oh. not. No. No, thank hey, you. Hey, Adam. Well, thank you. What, Go ahead, Jay. What, you have one, more, one more question, oh, honey. Okay, okay. Which elimination hurt you the most? And then besides that, and then on top of that, I'm, I'm going to leave right after this. Michelle, love the show, man. I'm so disappointed in Survivor. <laughs> We'll talk about that another day. We'll talk Go about ahead. that another day. Team Devin, okay. It's, it's going to get better. Survivor's going to get better. Usually it gets you at the end. But um, thank you so much for calling in, Jay. And Adam's going which to elimination, that for Which you. elimination hurt, hurt him the most? So. Well, yeah. the saddest one is when Natalie got eliminated because I was sitting there, and they're hanging in the box, right? And I'm telling her, don't drop. I knew the plan was to get her out. And I was telling her, like, don't drop out of the box. Fucking stay there. And she could have stayed all night, but she thought the deal was good for her. And I knew she was going to get screwed and go home. And I was trying to tell her, you know, and I was, uh, and I was a little sad that, like, she didn't listen to me because she was a little, like, let down because she got screwed over. But I was just trying to tell her to stay. I was trying to, like, mouth it to her from, like, when she's doing, like, the endurance challenge and I was down below it. Stay in there. You got to, like, don't drop. Like trying to give her signals, she didn't pick up on it, and she ended up going home. So that that was kind of upsetting, you know. So I wanted to see her get a little further. I liked her; she was super cool and like. And then I heard when Sheila went home too, because I had her close to the end. I, you know, it would have been nice for me and her to win together, but I think she would have beat me in the vote, so I didn't bring her. Yeah, that was pretty intense. You know, I didn't really know at that point. See, that's what I liked about that's what I liked about the old school seasons was the unpredictability because you didn't know really what was going to happen. You know, and oh, yeah. uh, nowadays it's kind of like you know it's happening. What do you, Adam? What do you think about like the social media, the the aspect of it now compared to like when you and I were on it? I mean. When I was on it, I mean, MySpace was popular, and they were calling in votes, I mean, along with your season. now Nowadays, I mean, everything that you do is microscoped. You know, everybody knows everything. Well, every word you say, everything you're up to is always, I mean, I love social media. I'm a big proponent of it. It's a great way to have a voice. But it can be quiet, you think. 
I got little pug pictures. They're so cute. I love them so much. My little doggy. But, yeah, I mean, social media is a tool you got to be able to work with, you know, and everyone tries to, you know, make a big deal out of the dumbest stuff sometimes, which is a little overkill. But I don't think it would make it. Does, it don't make no difference when you're in the house, Michelle. You know that. Once you're in there, you don't talk to nobody. You ain't seeing nobody. It's you versus the people in there. That's it. Social media has zero influence of once you're in there. Once those doors are closed behind you, you're in the Big Brother house. There's, there legit is no outside people you talk to. You don't see nobody, talk to nobody, hear from nobody, no newspaper, no phone, no nothing. You know, so it's true. It's really a psychological experiment. Yeah, and it's more of the, what you have to deal with when you get out of the house, so. Yeah, and then, and then listen, I had to think of the autistic comment, which I meant nothing about, you know. It was just crazy how they blow everything out of portions. Like, I meant nothing about any of it, you know. I, my heart is genuine. I'm sorry I have a hard time communicating things politically correct, but I just want, you know, the best for everybody, and they blow things out of proportion. It sucks. And I, I, I dealt with lots of it, you know. I had two cops with me for two days after I got out of the house. They're afraid something to happen, so. That stuff's so they have not. I don't know how. You know, it's like it's a reality show. It's real. It's not like things like that are supposed to happen. People are supposed to say things that are inappropriate. That's from the dog. Well, yeah, I got. You got my kid's sick over here. She got something the matter with. Aww. Now I'm playing doctor. I'll put any hat on you guys want me to wear. It doesn't matter to me. I'll get the job done. Well, I'm gonna talk real quick. <laughs> yeah. You guys are out there listening right now. My kids on drugs now. What? Um, four key words oh. that I don't like to use is healthy, helpful, successful, and blessed. Um, if Shut you up. guys have any questions or want to look up anything, um, Adam, can you let them know again the websites, how they can find you, your social media handles? Go, all of them. Go. Shoot them down Adam, so people Adam. can know where to find you. Yep, it, it ha- I'm on Twitter, Facebook. Instagram at the Adam Chesinski. Uh The book is mykidsondrugs.com. Again, it's mykidsondrugs.com. AdamJasinski.org. AdamJasinskiGlobal.com. And get at me. Follow me. See what I got going on. I got a lot of inspirational videos I started doing. I really revamped my whole campaign to really share what I'm doing and share my journey with you guys. Um, so I really think it can really start being impactful and different. I have a lot of seminars coming up. I have a lot of webinars that are available. There's a ton of tools out there. Moms, dads, families, kids on drugs, mental illness and incarceration. I'm your guy. MyKidsOnDrugs.com So you guys heard it here. Um, where to be able to ask questions, even if you want to be private about it, you know, DM him, private message him, you know. It'll stay between you and him. And you know what? Even if it's just the process of speaking up, you know. If you're struggling, if you're having a hard time, just sending that message, just speaking it and vocalizing what's going on in your head will make your day, will make your life a lot better and a lot easier, man. It's not hard. Just reach out. Well, Adam, I just want to say um, thank you so much for coming on Manic Monday. I'm so proud of you for, I've been the show. you know. You hit me up. I knew one day. I knew one day you'd get <laughs> me on here. I know, I know. Um, I'm just so uh, grateful for you to come on and, and talk about your journey that is still continuing on. Um, your journey is not over, um, and no, there's going to be so many lives that you're going to change. Everyone gets a second chance. You know, don't get down on people because you never know what they can turn around and do with themselves. It's everyone's their own journey out there. I thank you, Michelle, for 
you know, seeing and appreciating what I'm It's not easy, you know. It's, it's hard what I'm doing. And, and it was a lot of hard work, and it was difficult for me to come out and say, like, hey, you know, I'm sick. I'm a drug addict. I'm, I'm mentally ill. It's not easy. It's a stigma to it. So I'm putting myself out there so I can maybe help everybody else. You know, there's zero celebrity factor involved with me. I'm not trying to be famous. I'm trying to help. And that's the bottom line here. I really care genuinely but everybody not going through what I did. Well, uh, just know that you're always have a home here. If you ever need to Aww. come on and talk about whatever you, what you need to, uh, you know, yep. you're welcome. And, um, yep. and hopefully we get to see each other soon. I haven't seen you in years. Yeah, I know. If you need a resident expert or anything, call me anytime. I'm easy to get a hold of the show. And Cherry Garcia, awesome. love Thank you. Me. Yeah, Cherry Thank Pye. you so much. We've, we certainly appreciated having you on, and um, I listened to a couple of the shows that you did from YouTube and really believe in what you're doing, and I'm going to get your book from uh, Amazon and check it out. Cool. So I look cool. forward to that. Um, and, and, and the book, just so you guys know, the book's not my war stories. That's going to come out next. The book is facts of what's going on to beat addiction. It's not me toot my own horn or saying I'm the man. It's me sharing with you guys the nuts and bolts of what it is to take to beat addiction. So there's another book yeah. coming out. Is that of, what you're saying? Of course. Of, you know, i got two more coming out. i got two in the pipeline. i got my agent, Eckhart Fold agent. So i got some stuff coming. I'm really catching traction here. i got some big things coming, one on mental health, one on incarceration, one about myself. It'll be dropping all. Every year i got one coming out. So get ready. It's going to be a lot of helpful and good insightful stuff. The addiction book, I just felt, is times of the essence. You're up in... You're up in the Northeast, Michelle. You see how bad it is. Bad, yes. bad, 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 yes. bad, 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 bad. These are dying fast. 175 a day. It's or something like that. It's horrible. Yeah, so it's that's horrible. why I put this one out first, so I can really, you know, really help one parent, one mom, one dad, one family, not lose a child, not lose a child. It's heartbreaking. I, I have, you know, moms whose kids die that I work with, and they just thank me because I gave them all they needed to, to get through it. They leave. As a parent, it's as good to feel you know you did all you can do for your kid, whether they don't make it, make it, whatever happens. Just, just something about knowing you did everything you could for your child. That's what that, that makes you, that gives you that solace, you know? Well, thank God you're there yeah. to help them do whatever they can for their child. You know, that, that yep. means so much. Yep. So God. that's got to have a big payoff for you, too, knowing that you're you're helping so many. So God bless you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I did so much bad, and it's good to do good, you know, kind of turn the corner and, like, full uh, yeah. circle. And just, you know, it's hard, man. I think this stuff, um, I don't want anyone ever to deal with this stuff, man. It's tough. It is hard. Yeah. So day I by do day, want to though, right? Before, you get closer to the needle or pushing the needle or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Before so we listen, close the show, all I all do want to mention that... Listen, girls, upbeat. you got to be positive in life. you got to think good and get good. What you put in those, you get out of it. Life is good. My life is That's great. Right. I came from shit. You know what I mean? It could, it's possible. I'm proof positive. It works. No matter how bad it is right now, it will get good. Whether it's a day, or two days, or three days, every day you're getting close. It's being great. There you That's go. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Adam, for calling in. And uh, like I said, if anybody out there wants to pick up his book, My Kids on Drugs, Now What?, um, go to Amazon, go onto one of his sites, and check him out or ask him questions, whatever you need. Um, but thank you again, Adam. I hope you're having a good night. Okay, you too. Go watch All that right, medium. Take care, Adam. Bye-bye. <laughs> right, bye. Good night, hon.
Ooh, what a great cat. So powerful. Oh, my goodness. So I mean, awesome. like, just the journey that he has had in his life, um, you know, and the fact that he is now helping people, um, whether it be he's really flipped the it all around, that's going yeah. through it. Yeah, either the person that's going through the addiction or the family, which I think that's like the hardest part, too, is the family and friends that are trying to figure out a way to help out, you know, their family member or friend that's going through the struggles and knowing the right way to do it or what they're doing, you know. It's so important, and uh, I think there's nobody else more um, important than somebody who's lived through it, right, who is going through it. Um, and, I wanted um, to mention before we do close. Too. Yeah. Um, yes, Mr. Joe Bye. Arnold gave me. Joe Arnold gave me a, a little tip today regarding next. Um, to, not tomorrow, but next Tuesday is Veterans Day, and there's going to be a lot of restaurants offering free meals to our veterans. So I want to mention some of these so that veterans know where they can go and get an absolute free meal on Veterans Day. That's Applebee's. Olive Garden, Chili's, Texas Roadhouse, Starbucks, you can get free coffee, um, Outback Steakhouse, Golden Corral, and at Krispy Kreme, you can get a free donut and coffee. So if you're a vet, these things, you've earned it. You've, You've been there for our country. You deserve to go have a free meal. Go to yes. Applebee's, go to Olive Garden, go to Chili's, go to Outback Steakhouse or Golden Corral, go to Texas Roadhouse, has great steaks. Um, go get a Krispy Kreme donut and coffee in the morning, stop by Starbucks, get another cup of coffee, go to Chili's in the coffee, afternoon, have coffee. lunch, and then yeah. go to Texas Roadhouse and have steak dinner in the evening. <laughs> I mean, you can have it all day. I mean, they deserve deserve way more than that. They deserve way more than that. That's so true. You know, that's a really good thing that you brought up there. Um, It's probably also a lot of local um, uh, restaurants and local services that are um, acknowledging and giving special um, rates or special percentages off or, as Cherry was just saying, free meals. So Google it. Look it up and see where you live if they're doing the same thing um, and um, you know, local establishments. That's a that's a great thing to bring up because they deserve everything plus, right, Cherry Pie? That's so true. So, if uh, if any of yeah. those are near you, go to those. If not, like Michelle said, Google it and find out what's near you that you can get um, a free meal and take advantage of it. You deserve it. So much, and like Michelle said, so much more. Um, yeah. But at least absolutely. on Veterans That's Day, take advantage of that. Yeah. Yeah. So I they just can, wanted to mention that before we close. From sun up to sundown. Um, I did see something. I do want to mention um, uh, that uh, I am signed up for Reality Rally. This will be my eighth year. Um, and uh, there, there's Your a wine heavy was on the switchboard for a while but he he isn't anymore he said he because tonight's subject was so um in depth he's going to wait and call back next week and talk about 
the top four people who donate to your um, fund, yeah. your Reality Sorry, Rally Fund, and good. what they can win. Yeah, this yeah. is pretty good. I'll give you guys a, just a little tidbit of it. I mean, the details, um, Ed, Ed can fill in next week, or, you know, I believe they might have it somewhere. I do have a video that I have to post, but I uh, had it on my other phone that broke. So now that I got a new phone, we'll have to, um, I think Ed did send it to me, but I haven't been able to put it up. Um, so the first four people that donate $75, don't think about it, $75. It sounds like a little bit more than what we normally, you know, I always say a dollar is worth it, you know, $1 if everybody donated a dollar. But this comes with, um, it's a double dose of goodness. So number one, $75, you donate it, it goes to Michelle's place. It goes to Michelle's place. I've been there. I've met the people that go to Michelle's place, families. I've seen the wigs. I've touched the books. I've gone in the building, okay? But then you also get something in return for it. You get a trip to Mexico, okay? The only thing you have to do is pay for your airfare. But the hotel, it's a resort. You know, you got, um, I don't know if it's five four, five nights, four days. Um, I know it's a week, I believe, um, that you can go to Mexico. So not only can you help, but then you can also maybe help yourself in um, taking um, some of your family members to Mexico. I think it's you and uh, somebody else. Um, Just for your own relaxation, for your own well-being, um, because I think some people sort of sometimes work themselves too much and don't take enough time for themselves. So it's also like a pamper um, gift for you. You know, you're helping out anybody who is um, dealing with cancer or any type of cancer in their family, and at the same time helping yourself um, and taking yourself for a nice little trip. It's always nice sometimes, Cherry, to, um, you know, deflect and get away from the, you know, the work world, the constant um, daily pace, and just be able to relax, sit down in a resort on a chair, and just do absolutely nothing. Doesn't that sound nice? Doesn't yeah, I wish great? I could go. Yeah, yeah. We want you to I, go, Charlie. I can't fly. I can't fly. Yeah, you can't fly. Well, we can drive you there, girl. We can, you know, wait, even <laughs> yeah. better, I'm going to put you on the back of a pink bike and I'll do, I'm going to cycle yeah. there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I will strap one of those, instead of it like being like one of those motors, I don't even know what they're called, but you remember the motorcycles that had the little side carts, you know, with the dog with the glasses yeah. and yeah, there we go, Cherry. Yeah. And we can film ourselves and there's the next hit reality show. Cherry and Michelle go to Mexico. <laughs> oh my God, that would Listen, be like I'd watch that in a heartbeat. But the only problem is, how would we get out of the movies? He's not Listen. building a wall. He's building a window. How would we get over the wall? Oh, I freaking can't. But you know what I mean, like. This is what I'm talking about. See how good it feels just to be able to laugh, <clears throat> be able to just talk about whatever with each other. That's what we're here for. Me and Cherry are here for you guys every Monday. 
Um, we talk about everything possibly that you can think of. What's happening is what we're talking about. And what we try to do is get your mind off the bullshit and try to be positive and loving and just everybody just be uh, a community for each other. That's what we're here. We're a community for each other. That's what we're here for. It's a family. me and Cherry, yeah, me and Cherry wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you guys. You guys wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Ron, you know, and me and Cherry and everything else that came from that. So it's just a beautiful thing to um, pay it forward as me and Cherry Pie try to do every Monday, going through our our life. We, we live the lives too. We got the struggles too. So I think it's a little bit of a... Um, um, a comfort zone for for myself and Cherry as well to be here on Monday, right, Cherry? Yep. And we're about to run out yeah. of time, so we got to wrap it up. All right, let's wrap it up. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for being here. Make sure you join us on Thursday for our Survivor Night, and we're gonna run out of time, so I'm gonna leave it at that. Thanks again for joining us tonight. Here's Ron to take us out for the night. I want to finish off the show with a little music and say to all of my listeners, thank you guys and thank you all for coming in. bless you and thank you for listening to the show and it was a great one it's always a great one with michelle costa good night sweetheart well it's time to go good night <laughs> good night <laughs> all god, god bless we gotta go out singing bye-bye good night bye that's a wrap